five. Okay, I hit the button. Let's see. Jay invited. Let's see if the gram is going to work with us today. We will see, dude. We will see. Drum roll. We're waiting on uh, Jay, everybody. Welcome to the live chat. I hope you guys are having a great day, dude. Did we figure it out? I think so. It just it just works now. You know, it just works. Nice, dude. Nice. I think the worst part about it is I don't think I actually changed anything. Um, so I don't know. <laughs> man, oh man. Well, let's uh, yeah, let's keep that going. Angel says, "Who hit my boy?" Uh, I had a tournament this weekend. Um, and uh won both my divisions so jujitsu tournament had a had a good turnout um i'm not getting beat at home dude it's all constructive that's what they all say (laughs) (laughs) he ran into a doorknob fell on the stairs yeah i made a joke uh i was uh, made a joke that like uh every time my wife comes around i'm just gonna flinch (laughs) 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 <laughs> so um <clears throat> christopher says she looked very beat up okay <laughs> it's not it looks worse than it is uh dude honestly uh because i'm back in school i did not i didn't want really anything happening to my face like sometimes it's hit or miss because it's jujitsu you know like um but like right off the rip this dude went for a takedown and headbutted me right in the face like just the the perfect spot and i was like damn it <laughs> i could feel it swell up immediately i was like this is what i didn't want dude um they're gonna be like oh why is that old guy in our class keep coming to coming to school beat up yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a little it's a little awkward dude on memorial day weekend you know like uh they're gonna think i was out there getting blitzed or something um let's see Raphael says, just got out future soldier training. Nice. Awesome, dude. Uh, Granddad Squid. Todd Howard reference. I don't know what that is. You know who Todd Howard is? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I do. He was saying that we, I, we made, yeah, we made the reference. Yes, I did. <clears throat> um, Josh Nix, what's going on? Mike F. He's the guy from Bethesda. Um. <clears throat> Uh, Mike F says, you know, the I walked into the uh, doorknob story. He says, I think Dan genuinely got hit by the doorknob, though. Downside of being 5'2", praying for your brother. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Preach, preach. Got to watch out for those doorknobs, dude. Um, I have to. It keeps, it keeps like popping up the I'm muted thing on the thing. And it's very annoying. I just, I just did it again. Hold on. Let's see if I can. Uh, Pop it up on the screen, dude. Is that what's, is it like recording on the screen? Yeah. Very cool, dude. You got any questions rolling in yet? I got some over here. Hold on. Let's see. All right. Hey, Walsh has a, what? Why are you so quiet? What? Okay, that's better. Yeah, yeah. No, I was fixing my, I was fixing it. I was fixing it. Okay. Uh, no, I didn't. I actually forgot. We actually did. You ever put out? A, we didn't put out a post that said like, "Hey, we're moving our lives from Thursday to Wednesday." Nah, dude. It's just a big surprise. Yeah, they never know what they're getting. Dude, be a little bit better uh, about the communication aspect of that. That's probably uh, <laughs> surprise. Well, we we actually got a good turnout for a Wednesday. Uh, got eleven on the on the Instagram right now live. You know, they kind of come and go, but. Um, it's pretty good. Let's see. A Walsh says he has a regiment question. Says, uh, did you guys ever get smoked by third battalion and rasp? Uh, I guess he's asking whatever, because uh, of course they're like in the same area. But he's asking if uh, if it's just like randoms ever smoked us. Yeah, I mean it happens. Privates um. aren't. It's not safe to be a private dude. I mean, yeah, um, it happens. But usually, like, it's not super 
they usually don't do it out of randomness. Usually they saw you doing something they didn't like. Yeah, usually when I will say whenever you are a student, though, like I uh, say student candidate, um, you're going to be kind of confined to that area. So those people overseeing you, that's really going to be your area. You're not really going to be mixing in with the guys outside of that area a whole lot. So, yeah. <clears throat> um, Kelly says, do you. OK, no, no, no. Let's see, let me read this ahead. I can sum it up. Okay, he's asking, do you have a say in where you get sent to? And this is a rasp question. Uh, you get a little bit of a, of a say. Um, at least we did back when we went through. It's always changing. But we got to request which one we wanted to get sent to. And I don't know about you, but I got the one that I wanted. So I know it does weigh a little bit, but ultimately they're going to send you where they need you. Yeah, so it, it does depend on your MOS too. Um, because at the end of the day, it's a little bit easier. They're going to take your choice into effect more often when you're a, you know, soft skill MOS or one they don't have as like high of numbers for, uh, cause they usually need you everywhere. So they'll give you your choice just because it doesn't really matter to them. They need those numbers all over. It's the infantrymen that usually get the short end of the stick with that just cause there's so many infantrymen. They just go wherever they got to go. Um, but I picked, uh, I, cause I actually picked second bat, um, as my top choice and I got sent to first, uh, first was my second choice. Yeah. Um, interesting. So you, you said Washington was your first choice. Yeah. Okay. So I was actually, um, uh, I was born on in Fort Lewis f- formerly, it's, you know, joint base McCord or whatever it is now. But I was born on Fort Lewis and um, I wanted to kind of go out west. So I had put second bat down as my first choice. And then I don't know why I did that. Like, I definitely should have. It worked out, but I probably should have picked the beach from the start. I mean, I don't know why I wouldn't have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're both cool. Yeah, I mean, I've, ne- I've actually never been up to Washington, but I, you know, I've seen pictures and stuff. Looks looks gorgeous. Yeah, I know. Like. Anywhere up north, like the the greenery is pretty good, and um, seems like it's just it'd be a cool place. But, um, but I'll be honest with you, I don't know if I would have made it because I've seen those second bat dudes, and they are just like thick, stocky dudes because they like ruck and hike those mountains all the time. Like that's just the, where they train and stuff. So these are all just like built to ruck, and like I am not built to ruck. Like that is not. I would they would have broke me for sure. <clears throat> mm. They got to take in those extra calories, dude. Well, I, I said as I joke, I'm like, yeah, people were like, cause I live in Tennessee now. It's really hilly. Yeah. And, um, I'm like, I can't, I learned to run in Savannah, Georgia. It's like three feet below sea level. There's no Hills. Like I've never, right. I never ran Hills. And then I, so here at, you can't go anywhere without running Hills. I'm just like, my body is not, not prepared. I haven't prepared myself for Hills. So <laughs> we used to have to go to, uh, we would have to go downtown in civilians and run parking garages to get elevation like that was the only way we could there's just no elevation in savannah <clears throat> yeah well yeah and that's been you know quite the change like you know where i'm from in texas like it's it's pretty flat there now you know i'm very used to like you drive anywhere you're hitting the big hills and stuff like if i go run run a hills up and downs um it was weird going back and visiting and going back to that flat you know like i, I think i prefer the hills man oh I like the hills. No. <laughs> um, uh, Josh Nix says, uh, how did your worldview change slash your outlook change after being in bat? Um, man, I mean, I will say for a worldview, um, I had never been, uh, besides Canada, I'd never been out of the country before until I joined the army. And my first overseas trip, uh, like, for what the army was to Afghanistan. Um, so definitely, I don't know, seeing, uh, you get kind of caught up when you're, when you're in your life and you watch the news and everybody always kind of has a feeling that like everywhere is sort of like where you are, you know, every, you're like, Oh, it kind of probably works the same, you know, everywhere. It's probably roughly, you know, some differences, but that is, uh, not the case. I mean, it is, there is a whole different, 
it's all it's like a whole different planet like you go to these places and it is uh, ridiculous i mean you have no concept for how differently some of these people live um i saw even when i was stationed in the 173 when i was stationed in italy like even just seeing some of those other european countries even it was just it, it is a completely entirely different world um and seeing like that large span of how people live uh kind of changed how i thought about things and it does help me and does shape how i see like laws and policies and how we interact with nato and things like that now um because i talked about it with a neighbor of mine who was like super very very liberal and he was talking to me about it and about how europe sees us as like oh we spend too much money on department of defense blah 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 i was like yeah well europe is allowed to do that because they use our army when they need something you know what i mean so like it was interesting to see like how where they spend their money what we have we interact with people overseas and stuff like that um and it was definitely uh it was crazy to see how like terrible people can be too um you saw like a you yeah you just see bad things and like you forget how bad people and places and things can be sometimes when you're just you know i lived in buffalo new york like it would just it's just something you just don't see and you're not really um you don't see it a lot from usually from where you are oh yeah that's true that that was the big thing is just going out and seeing you know what the world is so you know i would say i grew up pretty pretty sheltered for the most part so to get out you know and get sent off places and it, it was just like it was like we hit the ground running you know we had all that training going up to it and and that was one thing right you you thought that was that was the big hurdle but you realize like that training's a necessity to get to the next step and that next step is uh, once you get to that to your unit whether you are special operations or not i mean it's very possible you guys are going to get you know hit the ground running and go into some uh real big things so you know uh Got, got sent some real places, saw some real stuff, and it was just totally, completely changed who I was forever. Um, so, yeah, it just it makes you think different. You appreciate things that most people take for granted. Um, I would say in some sense, you're probably given up uh, hyper alertness and situations where it's probably not where you don't have to have it anymore, you know, and that's the big there's trade-offs like there's there's some things you got to learn afterwards to um to turn off and there's there's things that uh that are just huge takeaways that you know other people just don't have like definitely the work ethic the experience the experience huge because a lot of people go through life and they just kind of live in the same hamster wheel whereas like i feel like guys who come from our background we've seen all these other things so you know, we know what could be, we know all these things like are out there, whereas a lot of people live again, uh, a very sheltered life. So, uh, it was, it was really awesome to experience that and, and to, you know, know that there's all these things to do out there and to know that we have it in us to go do those things. I think that was another cool thing and takeaway there too. Yeah. You see it sometimes like you'll see some guys get you know, very religious. Some guys then walk away from religion. Like it, people just react to it in different ways. But like you said, like hyper awareness is something that I I have um for sure. And like I don't pick up garbage. Like if there's garbage on the road, I give it a wide berth. Like I don't just I don't touch things. I don't drop. Like my life is like airport rules essentially. Like if that's not your bag, if you didn't drop it, don't pick it up. Don't touch it. That's um. Just because, like, you, yeah, what, yeah, in Afghanistan and Iraq and stuff, you don't pick up stuff off the ground. That's where they hide IDs and stuff like that. So, there are definitely things I do, yeah, still that are kind of like um, just embedded into my brain. That I mean, they don't cause me any harm, obviously. It doesn't matter if I don't pick up that garbage on the ground. But <clears throat> yeah, little things like that. I think that's a, you see that big in uh, military and law enforcement. Like, a lot of those guys kind of get that uh, uh, hyper awareness. So, um let's see we got some things rolling in yeah i have a ton of questions i feel like we've only answered two nice dude yeah that's <laughs> pretty good we just are yapping away dude these these guys are building up the questions that's a positive problem um this kind of this kind of similar question but in a in a different way so 
says, what doors did being an X Ranger open for you? It's actually a really good question. Um, I'm surprised neither of you wanted to do federal work like FBI, uh, hostage team, or I'm sure like SWAT team and stuff like that. Um, yeah, so the, those doors definitely open up jobs, federal jobs. Um, those definitely open up. And those are things that a lot of guys do, actually. You know, I would say, how many guys do you think get out and do contract work of some oh, kind or go into government work? Yeah. Yeah, I would say me and Tony are kind of an, an exception in the sense of, you know, I'm working towards uh, healthcare, and uh, he's, you know, he's working with uh, Train Like a Ranger. And so we're doing this thing. Um, and, you know, we we kind of got out and decided to, like, move on in a sense from the tactical type of work, right? Um but a lot of guys, they, they want to go back in and do contracting. They kind of like, I think what some of it is, is guys get out and they're, some guys try some things and then they go, ah, I still want that, uh, that like tactical aspect of my life or they want that government structure. And so they go back in or some guys don't like the bureau. And this is me being kind of more upfront. Some guys don't like the bureaucracy of the military. So they'll get out and do a different Avenue. Like contract work is a great Avenue to go. If you want a little less bureaucracy, some guys really like the bureaucracy and stuff. And so they stay in the military, um, with all that structure and stuff too. And they like that. Um, so it just depends. Like it's going to vary per individual. And you just got to kind of feel stuff out and see like what you want to do. Yeah. For me specifically, I, um, I got medically retired from the army. Um, so that does close some of those doors for me, especially going back into like, uh, any kind of federal work like that. It would, uh, impede my ability to do any kind of like job that required anything out in the field and stuff like that a little bit. But, um, for me, I, I, when I left the military, I had kind of decided, um, my partner who I've been with for a while, she does something like she works in healthcare um, at a high level. So I sort of d- decided to be, I, I had the army tell me where to go and what to do and live for, you know, seven years of my life. And I kind of wanted to move away from that and have a little bit more of a, um, I don't want to say easy, but a little less surprising day-to-day life, a little quieter. Um, yes. Yeah. To kind of, I wanted to kind of leave the scenario. Um, Whereas some guys do like that and want to continue doing that, uh, especially like Daniel, for example, like guys that do four years usually don't mind doing it again because they're still 22, 23 years old. And I was 26, 27. Uh, I must be 30. Like I got out a little bit later in my 20s. So I'd kind of done it. And I was like, man, I could use I could give my knees a break, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a pretty good stretch. Hey, and, um, you know, it's it really really is uh military can be a great career like some guys do 20 years they're set some guys do more than 20 years they like it they stay or they stay around and do more than 20 years so uh again it's just going to depend on personality type but i would say that being in regiment opened up a lot of doors in the sense of again going back to that that experience like a lot of employers just for one like just as a blanket thing a lot of employers will hire you or you're more hireable because you're a veteran and that's because, and I, and I can say this, you know, looking at when we look to hire personal trainers and stuff, like we would always look for the, or when I was a sales manager and we look for new people, we, we would look for people who like, if they were veteran, they were pretty much a shoe in because the work ethic is so hard to find. And like among the average population, like it's hard to find somebody who just does the, the baseline stuff shows up on time does what they're supposed to do, you know, and doesn't complain about it. Like it's hard to find just the baseline. So I would say that's one thing, but also having the, the past, um, there's a lot of like tools that you learn. So I would say like being a student, there's a lot of things that I took away from the military that made me a better student. Also the thing that I said about achieving things, like when I look to do things, I don't say, I don't question if I'm able to do anything. I just say, I'm going to do that and jump through whatever hoops I got to jump through. It's not a question of, can I do that? I know I can, you know, of course things may come up, you know, uh, you know, knock on wood, but everything I've set out to do, I've done. 
you know, I just look at it as I'm going to do that. So I guess there's that mentality you take away from it too. But of course it opens up a bunch of doors and it, and it really depends on like what you're going to do, like some things more than others, but yeah, it's in a lot of ways it did. Um, you got one on your end? Uh, yeah. Um, I will go to Teletubbies. <clears throat> Teletubby123 says, I know there are average age, weight, and heights recorded, but what if someone is 24, 5'10", 155 pounds? Should they strive to gain 10 pounds and be 165 before signing up? Um, 5'10", 155 is not that small, I, I feel like. Pretty good. Yeah, that's, I mean, for entry level, that's, I mean, that's, you're fine. That's that sounds like the average age, the average height and weight. Like I don't see any issues. Well, Twenty four is maybe a little older than the average age, but yeah, I would say well for well, I guess you're right because uh, when they get to a regiment, I guess the average age is twenty five. <clears throat> That's the average age in regiment, at least yeah. it used to be. So, um, but it varies. I tell we we said this in multiple po- uh, multiple of our Dan and Jay lives, but the age ranges vary. People always say. Hey, I'm this, this, and that. Can I do it? You know, has there been anybody like me? Yes. You know, it's a, oh, again, yeah, a yeah. Um, um, yeah, it also depends on what kind of shape you're in. Like, you can be 5'10, and you can be 155 at 40% body fat. Like, it does depend on where you're actually at fitness level and stuff like that. Um, but no, that's a pretty good, uh, like height to weight ratio. That's not yeah. terrible. Um, and obviously if you can put on 10 pounds of lean muscle before then, I mean, go for it, but <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. If it helps you, you know, do it. Um, <clears throat> Sean says, what was the true motivation for you guys to go into RASP? Um, I feel like that, uh, the kind of motivation would be, would need to be insane. Um, you know, it's kind of funny you say that because we didn't know what the hell we were getting ourselves into. Yeah. We just kind of. We were just knuckleheads. Like, I, w- I just would never. What I tell people all the time is, I just never looked at it as an option to quit anything. I just knew, like, I was going to do it. I signed a contract, so that's what I was going to do. So, uh, even though I didn't really understand what I was getting into, like, remember we would show up to the next step and just be like, "What is this?" Like, yeah. we did. I didn't even know what Ranger Regiment was, you know, and that's. This is part of the reason we do the podcast now. You know, whenever it came up to be this way, I was like, I was like, yeah, this is a good opportunity to let people know kind of a little bit about it because we didn't know. You know, that was, um, it was so underground whenever we were going through. You know, I remember the first time I saw a guy in a tambourine, I was like, I was like, what is that? <laughs> Never even heard of a tambourine. Um, so yeah, we were two guys. Like, I see a lot of guys now that come in. They know exactly what Ranger Regiment is. They know exactly what they want. And they got a path to be there, which I think is great. I had, we had no idea. You know, I thought I was going to Ranger school after basic training. That's what I thought my pipeline was. So, um, Yeah. So for me, I, I come from like a fairly military family. But most of my family's in like the guard. Like my, my mom was active duty and then she did uh, active duty National Guard. <clears throat> uh, essentially to make sure like she didn't have to move all over the world. Um, and I kind of fought against joining the military for like a large portion of my uh, life as a kid. And when I finally decided to join up, uh, my reason for signing an option 40 contract, even though I didn't really know what it was, was that I had kind of told my parents I didn't want to follow that same path. And then when I decided to do it, because I'm stubborn, I said, okay, well, I'm at least going to do it better than you guys. That's what I told myself. I was going to do it better. And if I have, you know, whatever, I'm going to, so I'm going to do one up to you at least. Um, and so that was my, that was my reasoning uh, for, for signing up for an option 40 contract, along with the fact that my recruiter was a 13 Fox and said that like, it was a really good career path and like, I would really excel at the job and stuff like that. So he helped me out a little bit, um, kind of talked me into that direction saying like, that's a great way to start your career. That's a great way to be great place to be as a 13 Fox and all that stuff. He's like, you don't want to just be an infantryman. Your scores are so high. There's no point to just like, you know, go into a normal unit as infantryman, like, you know, do something cool. Um, 
so yeah, I just said I wanted to be better than uh, my family members that had served before me. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I, and I guess in a similar sense, I I didn't. I don't come from a military heavy family, but I just knew I wanted to do something hard. And so I all I knew about Ranger was Ranger School. I saw the Surviving the Cut episode, and I thought okay. that looks hard. What's it? Those poor guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we actually knew, I knew a guy that went was in that uh actually two guys that were in the video. Yeah. I knew two. Well, there's it's a couple funny. of them at pre-resp too, like little like holdover guys. Yeah. <laughs> um but uh yeah, so th- this kind of lines up with that too. It says I don't know if you guys have talked about this, but what were your reasons for wanting to be a ranger? So as we said, you know, we kind of touched on that, but I would say that your reasons will also change. Like I see that a lot. Guys will join the military for a certain reason. And that those reasons will change for why they're doing what they're doing or, you know, you kind of mature with it. And so initially, initially my reason for wanting to be a ranger was I wanted to do something hard and I wanted to make myself better. Um, and when I went in, you know, I would say in a lot of ways I was immature, young kid. And then, you know, as I went through, you kind of mature with it. Your reasons for being there changes and it matures. And, you know, some guys go in with really valid reasons and, and it stays the same way through. So um, it just depends on where you're at in life. But, you know, everybody always has different reasons for going in. Oh, yeah. Then continuing on to like um, I mentioned it sometimes like uh, if I hadn't met my partner now, I wouldn't probably I probably would still be in the army. Um but I just, my priorities changed. Um, you know, I talked to some people that, you know, they start having kids and they're like, man, I wish I was home more. Like, you know, so they, they want to be around their family. Your priority, priorities can shift and change. And um, you know, some guys do ranger school for a career move to get promoted easier and stuff like that. They don't, you know, care so much about some things and other things. So it really just depends. And whatever helps keep you motivated, it doesn't matter if it's the same or different than if someone else's, as long as it keeps you motivated. Um, then that's you know it it works. Yeah, got one on your end. Uh, yes. Uh, Matthew Dutton says, "What are the differences between the battalions? Also, what happened to the eye?" Um, is it showing up a little later? I'm gonna have to explain this all through the stream. I think uh, Daniel got beat up. Uh, that's what happens. <laughs> he walks around. He acts tough. He's short. He's <laughs> It's gonna happen. Don't listen to this guy, while, dude. He's gonna take a swing at him. And it's no, 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 swing no. pretty far down because he's so no, 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 no. Don't listen to this guy. Um, that's funny because David Ellis actually said he said, "Should we see the other guy, Dan?" Um, yeah. So I had a jujitsu tournament on Saturday. I competed in two divisions, one of both, Jay. Um, but what was funny is somebody asked me like, "Yeah, how's the other guy look?" And I was like, "Oh, he's probably fine." Jiu-jitsu, you know, yeah, it's not. You know, what happened, yeah, what happened was he was shooting for a takedown and we changed levels at the same time. And then he just went, wham, headbutted me right here. And, uh, and so. And did they, break, did they stop you guys? If you, if something like that happens? Nah. No, I didn't know how hard you nah, I kept like if you're, I didn't know if your head went back, if they would. No, we just kept going. And honestly, I didn't think I, I hardly felt it, but oh, I could yeah. feel the swelling, Yeah, you know? And I was like, Oh, cause I, that's like, I'm in school, so I'm for you guys who don't know, I'm getting my I'm getting like I'm in, you know, school. I'm getting my clinical doctorate. So I why'd you start I uh so bad. I don't know. I don't know how many details I want to give. But anyways, they uh I, I didn't want a black eye, right? So uh I was like, ah, I'd probably be fine because I've done tournaments where I just get like some gee burn, like or sometimes I don't get anything. Sometimes I'm cool, you know, like some bruises bumps and bruises maybe on the body or you know something but uh the face will be okay um so i was like ah, i'd probably be fine it's right off the rib dude uh just humo- humongoloid headbutt so um yeah that was uh unfortunate dude uh the question though what are the differences between the battalions um Really, they're obviously geographically like the cities and towns and stuff you're by are, are way different. We talked about it a little earlier, like second bats up in the mountains and, and uh, Washington State. And you got, you know, the beach by first bet. I would really say those are the two like 
nice locations for different reasons obviously like mountains and greenery forests you'll have a lot of like hunting and fishing and all that stuff out there uh savannah for first bet going to the beach is a blast uh it's a pretty small town and it's more college than army which is nice um if you guys are in or are in it it'll you'll realize what i'm talking about it's nice to be in a town that's not a military town uh savannah's like a college town so it's it's not everything doesn't revolve around the army and every shop there isn't geared towards the army uh third bet is uh okay i'm gonna say this is it's not gonna sound as bad let me finish before you guys Third bet is by far just the worst bet to be in. The worst, dude. It's awful. Because it's right by command. So, like, all of the, like, regimental command is there. So, like, you're yeah. right outside, like, all of, like, the highest ranking people in regiment. You know what I mean? Like, our work down the road from you. So, I always feel like those guys have to be, like, way more tight in on it with some of the smaller stuff that maybe um other platoons and stuff don't care about with like dre- wearing dress and appearance and stuff like that uh and bending is just not great and neither is um uh the columbus right yeah because it's a military town it's heavy it's, it's heavy rough military. yeah it is not ideal there's really nothing like super special or cool like there's no mountains there's no beach so um yeah those are the main differences in terms of like differences, th- they're all rangers. It doesn't really matter. Um, so pretty much the same training, very similar. You're not going to be like more well trained at first bat than third bat or second bat. Uh, they're all you all get the same training, the same funding, everything like that. Um, yeah, but it's mostly a geographical difference than anything else. Yeah, yep, yeah. and, and and there's pros and cons to everything. So like like you said, if you do end up there, <laughs> you know we're kind of joking, but um, it is it, it, the things he said are valid. But you know when I said, oh, it's awful. Actually, you're gonna have a lot of access to training. Whereas like if you're elsewhere, sometimes getting certain trainings a little bit more difficult. So there's commute times. You got to go to other bases. So that's more time out of people's day and stuff like that. Um, well, so yeah, anytime we did any training, we had to drive pretty far. I remember I actually was talking to a buddy about it the other day. Uh, there's a Love's gas station on the way to like where we trained a lot. Because um, like whenever I see a Love's, I think about us like almost to our training event, trying to get like the last like bit of like food or whatever before we had to go out and and train. Uh, and so she has privates. Like you're like in the Love's gas station grabbing some energy drinks and stuff like that. I think about that yeah. every single time. It was like an hour. I want to say it was like an hour, 15 minutes or something, hour and a half. We had to drive to go do training. Yeah, it was a good commute. And and you got to think like that's that's uh, realistically that's time out of your day. You know, if you're somebody who values a little bit more free time. Like, yeah, so that's the trade off. Um, the, the downside is if you're in a place like Columbus, um, there's no beach, no mountains. So you're going to go to the bar <laughs> yeah. or the barracks. <laughs> so um, I don't really want to go to the no, bar. No thing either. <clears throat> yeah. You're going to go get in trouble, dude. Um, yeah. No, it's not that bad. There's things to do out there, too. Um, let's see. Penguin Master says, if you guys wanted to re-enlist, would you have the option of going back to Ranger Battalion if you wanted? If so, would you have to do RASP again? Yeah. I don't think you can actually... I don't actually know how that would work. Um, I think you'd have to do RASP again, though. Wait, say that again? Yeah, yeah I was re-enlisted. Like, say you went back to the Army. Like, you'd yeah. have to go do RASP again, right? Uh, So, if you got out... And then yeah, you personally, you right now. Oh, me. Yeah. You re-enlisted. You'd have to go through Aspian, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah actually, I know somebody who did that. Um, Tom Berhani had him on a, pa- a podcast. He he was in regiment. He got out. And what's funny about him, though, was he actually called an old squad leader. Here's here's kind of the cool thing about regiment as opposed to some other things like he got in, in contact with a guy. So. Yes, he had to go back through it, but they were. But like, <laughs> he got kind of like a streamlined contract to it. I, I know he that guy had pulled some strings so that you know they knew he was coming and stuff like that. Where, granted, he had to go through all the tests and stuff. Like, had he failed, he would have failed. But um, 
like there was kind of like a connection. You you can hear him talk about it in the podcast podcast I did with Tom Berhani. He actually got out and then came back and went to regiment again. And then uh, sometime after went, uh, I know he did the recce thing, uh, Ranger Reconnaissance. Uh, somebody asked about uh, Reconnaissance earlier. So that's another good podcast to reference. Uh, the one I, I did, it's on YouTube and Spotify with Tom Berhani. Um, and then he also did SF. So he, that guy's done that. We talk about all three. We talk about Ranger, Ranger Reconnaissance, and we talk about uh, Special Forces. So um, did you ask yeah, him on the podcast why he was in the army at all? If he hated, if he had to keep moving from each one, like what did he think he was going to find in the other ones that was going to be? No, nah, dude, it's like <laughs> now for him it was like Pokemon. It's like Pokemon, dude. He's trying to catch them all. <laughs> What's funny is uh, there's somebody else on here. Um, uh, I hope I get his name right. I, I interact with him on on the Instagram, but I think his handle is Jeremiah Blackbeard. But he has like. He has like a sapper tab. He had the long tab. He had the ranger tab. And, uh, and there was like another one. Maybe it was just the airborne, but it was just like all, it was just all the tabs, dude. It was like, dude, I was like, this dude's just custom like, like, tops with extra Velcro spots on his. <laughs> uh, I bet he went back, got the jungle, dude, got the Arctic, <laughs> all the, all the little ones. I can't keep up with all these tabs anymore, dude. Um, is it my turn? Uh, yeah, I think it is. All right, David Ellis says we got a question outside the military. Uh, he says, "Any recommendations for passing the ISSA cert? The knowledge is sticking, and currently I do part-time marketing. Uh, what was your avenue for your audience in terms of clients?" Okay, so uh, the ISSA cert, I I did it back when it was uh, self-paced. Easier. That was it. That was my first. Yeah, it was that was my first uh, certification. I say this about personal trainer certs a lot. Like, um, it's it's one of those things where personal trainer certs I think are very easy to get. That's why it's important for personal trainers if you're out there in the real world to, you know, actually educate yourself beyond the certifications. Like, if you actually apply yourself, you can take some things away. Uh, the real world stuff will build you up, and then later, um, you know, later I went on to get the CSCS cert and stuff. So. Um, that was a little tougher, but I would say for the, for a lot of the personal trainer certs, if you just, uh, focus on, uh, some of that subject matter, I know programming is going to be, uh, at least it used to be something that the ISSA looked at. That was something you actually had to apply yourself a little bit towards. So, um, understanding a little bit of like periodization and, just how to build a workout program. That's just things you should know how to do anyways, kind of know what you're doing and why, you know, what I saw with certain personal trainers, um, is they would just, uh, they would just kind of take clients through what they would do at the gym, which that's not going to work. You can't just do what you would do at the gym for somebody who's got totally different goals. You got to understand what is their goal? How does the training apply to this person and to make them better? So, um, it's kind of some general things, but, um, you know, uh, another thing that kind of ties back to what we were saying earlier, something that regiment took away me and James knew training because we had already been through all that stuff. So, you know, we, we even had specialized classes with uh strength and conditioning coach CSCS, you know, our battalion personal, uh, call him personal trainer, but he's a certified strength and conditioning specialist. Um, so he would give us uh classes like that. And so, uh, we had a lot of know-how and kind of had some, understanding getting out and then we went on to you know jay's got his personal trainer cert um and then i went on to do the fitness industry for you know what's going on now what we're coming on like almost six years so it's crazy um uh and then he says what was your avenue i i do ramble don't i what was your avenue for your audience in terms of clients so i guess i i don't I don't fully understand the question, but I think I understand what you're saying as far as maybe my online business. Yeah, I think know? he's asking about specifically train like a ranger. Obviously, when you worked at a gym, it, it's not really up to you to like go out and get clients. You know what I mean? Um, whereas yeah. for train like a ranger, he's I think he's asking more about train like a ranger or they are. I don't know who it was, but well, even at even at uh, the gym I worked at, I did have specialties like they knew. I was good at I was good at training everybody really, but there was guys who weren't good at training certain populations. Yeah, I was. Uh, there's certain guys who weren't that good at training certain classes of people. So like, 
because I wanted to Did get into all that old old people. Uh, he was definitely the the old person working. He seniors. Was, yeah. Yep, only seniors. seniors. So, <laughs> uh, actually, there's some truth to that. So I, I, uh, yeah, they would give me the older clients because I knew I was a little bit better with the rehab stuff and understanding biomechanics and things and like working around um, certain pains and stuff like that. And they knew I wanted to be in physical therapy, so. Um, it's kind of like a precursor to that. So I have, you know how to work around the seniors pain. Cause you have that pain also. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, exactly. Dude. Um, but, uh, I guess for train, like a ranger, you know, be really, really, you know, I say this all the time. When I started it, I was writing workout programs for everybody. I was just going to market as like, I'm a ranger. I'm fit. Let's uh, everybody, let's get fit. But turn into military prep because as you can see just from this live a lot of people want to know so um so i'm happy to do that because it kind of puts me back in the community i think that there's a lot of like positive um mental health aspects for 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 me doing that too because i kind of get to give back to the community who i sacrificed a lot for and saw a lot of people sacrifice a lot and there's just like a piece of a lot of veterans i think that there's a healing when it comes to giving back to that community and there's a sense of purpose with that. So yeah, I'm happy to do that. So it kind of was, was unintended initially, but turned into something that I really enjoy doing now. Yeah. There's also a large portion of my brain that has what would become very useless knowledge. If I just <laughs> <laughs> exactly, well, that was the big thing is it's like, you know, I think a lot of guys, we talked about that, like we made it fit. You know, we've made our past experiences fit because I can't just delete files from my brain either. So they're just there forever. <laughs> like a better, yeah, as well use them, right? Yeah, I got purpose to to all those experiences again. So it's like going back and we, me and you, working on that um the land nav page, right? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, we working on the land nav stuff. You know, doing the podcast for it and helping the guys out with that. Like we got to apply that knowledge again. Like, otherwise that would just be all this wasted knowledge, you know, in today's world, you know, beyond the military. So yeah, it's kind of cool to give back. Uh, uh, Matthew Dunton's asking are the fitness courses designed as a split, like push pull legs or what? I assume Matthew, you mean like our program? See, he said, are the workout programs are the fitness courses designed as a split, like push, pull legs or what? Yeah, there's always a split. So it's going to vary. And, and they're actually listed. Uh, if you go to train like a ranger dot com, I'm going to go there just to make sure I talk you on. Right. Go to fitness programs, workout programs. Right. If you click on any of the programs, you get I actually have like pictures that kind of tells you the overview of what they include. So um let me pull this up. Let's look at the TLR Warrior program, for example. And I actually have a video that I did on this too, where I talk about what's in it. But uh, I talk about month one um, being like a baseline introductory uh, month two. And I'm talking about more about periodization. But month two, we talk about you know what I'm doing each month. Month three, volume lifting. Month four, uh, strength, power. You know, month five, power, etc. But each of those splits is going to vary a little bit in the in those subcomponents. So like month three. There's going to be, again, more volume lifting. So that's going to be the focus. So, yeah, you're going to look at something like, you know, leg day. Uh, there's a lot of my programs that do the push-pull type thing. Um, so so there is some overlap in some of the days. And, you know, we got it laid out to where the overlap makes sense and that we're changing up, also changing up enough of the muscle groups to where there's enough recovery. But we're also taxing people. So. Um, yes, there are splits to each of those and they will vary a little bit. Yeah, that's true. I can think of a couple exercises that you do a couple times a week, but, um, but yeah, for the most part, it's, it's split up. Yep. Yep. And there's a, I would say in a lot of the, um, in the military prep programs, especially there's a little bit more, um, uh, I would say compound, uh, compound movements, compound exercises. We're not just looking at like a lot of isolated movements. Like, of course there are accessory movements to the compound things, but you know, I, it's not like a type of program that's just, um, like, you know, today is biceps tomorrow's triceps or, you know, whatever. Um, 
I know some people break it down like that much. So there is, again, well, a lot of comp- those. If you if you're looking to like get into bodybuilding, like those are the kind of splits they use. Are they like, right. really like get what like they really hyper focus on each muscle? Um, but obviously, yeah, if I, are coming to us for military prep fitness. That's not really it. Um, you're going to that's not how you need to be lifting for, you know, functionality in terms of joining the military and the things you'll have to do and encounter uh, once you're in. Exactly. All goes back to what I was saying earlier. What is the goal? What is the goal for the program? So, you know, we talk about what the program's designed to do. It's all in the description. So go check it out. We updated the descriptions uh, months ago to be a lot more um, detailed and comprehensive and help you guys understand what you're getting. So, yeah, sometimes Danny rambles on in writing like he does uh, out loud. So we have to. <laughs> um. Oh, Nick, what's going on? I didn't even see you in here. I feel like we just did not get to ask many questions as we usually do. Um, Eric Douglas said, to get better in six months for the Ranger physical screening test, should I get your complete TLR, a warrior program, or advanced military prep program? Eric, if you have six months, uh, we always recommend the TLR warrior program. Uh, You're just going to get the most out of that and over that span. Um, Obviously, the advanced military prep program is repeatable. It's a two-month program. But if you have six months, you're going to see, you know, the most gains out of doing the full six month TLR warrior program right before um, that ranger regiment screening. Or the oh, 100%. Yeah, I always recommend the, the warrior program to people who have the time. Um, it's a good program and it, and it ramps up a little better, I think, I too. Say, yeah, that's one of the things I tell people all the time, too, is is the advanced military prep is awesome. But if you you don't it, that is not a great one to start from like square one um because like even i mean i i started doing it one time and i was like dude this is hard this is so hard like um it is not easy to to jump into uh whereas steel award program like the month one into two into three into four is like a really really good like it just like the bell curve on it is is much better i think um you have to be definitely at a, a better starting spot i think for the advanced military prep or else you're gonna you might you could even get a little demoralized uh jumping right into the advanced military prep um yeah if it's like your first kind of foray into the workout programs um just because it, it's it's pretty tough like it's gonna i mean it's gonna get you in shape but it's it's gonna be tough yeah it was actually the advanced military prep program was one of the first programs i designed and later i came up with the conventional military prep program because i needed to tone down some of those workouts for people with different goals. So I did that. And so you can think of also the conventional military prep program as a precursor to the advanced military prep program. That's an option too. But I would say if you're going to do both of those, you're, you're going to get more bang for your buck to just do the TLR warrior program. In my opinion, because there's a lot more stuff in that program and it's overall a longer program too. That or actually one of the sometimes I also recommend doing um, snagging just month one from the warrior program if they have like yep. three to four months and then jumping into the advanced military prep um, just to get people kind of into it on that month one from the TL and then and then working that into um, the advanced military prep. That's one of the recommendations I give the people sometimes if they if they don't have a full six months, but they got like three or four. So nice. I'll, I'll uh, recommend that just because um, it's a little bit easier. I, I don't want someone to. Say I have four months to train and then get the advanced military prep. And then sometimes I know you guys ask, like, am I ready? I don't know if I'm ready. Like, I don't want people to feel like they're not ready because like, I, I can't remember one time I think I texted you. I was like, are you, like, am I really supposed to be doing like three minutes or something? Like, I was just like, dude, this is this is a... <laughs> um, I've gotten questions like that before. It's tough. Like, it's, it's yeah, it's it's uh, it's a tough one. It's definitely going to going to smoke you. Mike Matt Lewis says second week of the RAS program and damn, it's smoking me. Yeah, it's <laughs> it'll get you. Yeah. Yeah, and, and guys, like they are measured. I know some of it seems daunting. Um, they are measured. I, I wouldn't put you through anything that uh, that I haven't done or wouldn't be willing to do. Um, those are measured programs. I've ran a lot of those workouts, um, but they are tough. Yeah, they're very tough in the volume. I do get those questions where guys are like, "Am I sure? actually supposed you, to do ten sets of this?" I'm like, <laughs> like, yeah. Um, uh, well, ten by tens are brutal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and we always talk about the month three uh, of yeah. the TLR Warrior Program, and uh, volume and month is is what it's called. And in, in the Advanced Military Prep Program, it's month two. So, um, yeah, 
as you can see, the progression is a little different. So I like the TLR Warrior program as a more comprehensive strength and conditioning program. So if you got the time, that's what I would do. And I broke it down as well. So you can get it month by month. Like I want you guys to try it. And if you like it, continue to get the months as you go. You can do it that way too. Um, you don't have to fully commit right off the bat. Try month one. See if it's making you feel better. See if you're getting a total body workout, which I'm confident that you'll run those workouts and be like, wow, I'm feeling like all these muscles are getting engaged, you know? And so, you know, if you like it, you go on from there. Um, oh, this is good. Yeah. I just, I actually just finished month three. I'm doing a, um, like a deload week, sort of just going and retesting some of my like upper limits. Um, not doing full one rep maxes because I don't really have a spotter. Um, I do want to spin the machine, but I'm, I'm going to see kind of where I'm at um, this week leading into to month four. Um, it was, um, yeah, it was a long month. That's all I'll say. It was a long month. <laughs> yeah, month but I, I definitely felt um, really good coming off of that month three. Like it is tough, guys, but like you will feel really, really good because uh, last time when I was going through it, I actually had an injury. Uh, so I had to restart after a little while. So this is the first time I've made it going through month three into month four. And I feel uh, really, really good. Like you, you'll feel a lot stronger and ready going into month four as as tough as it is. Yeah, exactly. That volume lifting, you'll, you'll experience like crazy gains. We joked about how, though, whenever you're going through month three and you're doing your 10 sets and you put like instead of squatting, you know, say you squat like. 315 or whatever you guys want to squat. Uh, instead, you're probably going to put something along the lines of 135 to 185 on the bar, you know, because um, that 10 by 10 starts catching up. And so we were joking about how, like, you know, people walk by and you're like, I can do more. I swear, you know? this isn't, this isn't, I'm, I can do this a lot of times, at least. OK, I promise I can do more weight. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, afterwards, did, you guys, I think I did 185, 10, 10 by 10 for 185. Yeah. And, but like you got dudes at the gym, sometimes they're coming in here squatting, you know, they're going up into the 300s and stuff. And I'm just sitting there with my 185 again, just kind of cranking them out. And I'm like, dude, stop. Go work out somewhere else until I finish. Okay. You're making me yeah. look bad. Yeah. But doing that volume lifting, guys, you're, your stability is going to be insane. And I'm, I'm telling you, once you go back to the strength phase, is the next phase, you're going to feel strong because you're going to be working on those things that a lot of people skip. I think, I think a lot of guys who just go in they want to lift as much weight as possible. I don't think their joints are as stable as they could be. I don't think they're focusing on their full range of motion when it comes to exercising. Um, and yeah, you're going to pull a lot out of that volume lifting. You're going to, yeah, you're going to work a lot of too, things. Like you just said, I mean, we want you guys to be sustainably fit too. Like, um, longevity is important when you go into the military. So like you, you want to be able to be as healthy and as sturdy and stable as you can be going into a lot of that stuff. So, um, that's a huge, huge thing, uh, especially going into the military fitness. So we, that's what I talked about earlier with the bodybuilding versus like, you really need to be like that functional fit. You need to be that like healthy functional, as much as I'm a Bills fan, I hate Tom Brady, but like Tom Brady's 44 playing professional football because he takes care of his body. He went, didn't he go back? Didn't he, he recently? He's like, yeah. He spent, he spent, a, he spent a couple weeks at home and was like, I got to go back to work. Um, <laughs> but, but he's 44 playing professional football because he takes care of his joints and his body and he stretches and he does yoga and he's all about that. Um, proper nutrition, healthy eating and stuff like that. So like, you'll see longevity from, from stuff like this and you won't see as much longevity when dudes are just like cranking out a ton of weight with bad form on their joints and stuff like that. So just keep that in mind. <clears throat> yeah. Yep. Yep. That's absolutely valid. Um, all right. I'm going to get us to a different question. Uh, he may says, Hey, Dan and Jay, how are you guys doing? Uh, spec ops. How are spec ops guys treated by conventional forces, especially ones who are higher ranking than you? Um, that's a good question. Next is I don't think it's a good question nearly as much as you'd expect. Um, I yeah, would that's be honest a good with you. Uh, most conventional guys will just avoid you. And it's a hitter until you get into like E eight and up on the NCO side and majors and up on the commission officer side. Sometimes they'll try to pick you out for something. Um, but a lot of, um, don't because if if there's any indication that you're special operations, they just usually know you play by different rules. So like, uh, well, like when I was deployed one time, I was in our uniform, but that's not everyone else's uniform. 
So like I had a major come up and try to yell at me and I was like, sir, you, you don't know what you're talking about. Like you just, and I'm a private, but he doesn't have, like, he's wrong, but he doesn't know. Cause he didn't know who I was or whatever. So like, usually they try to avoid you 99% of the time. Like if you're walking around on a base that doesn't have Rangers and you have a tambourine, 99% of the people are just going to walk out of your way. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, you feel like a rock star. That's, you know, anytime I went to like another school, we always joked about how when we were there, we felt like just complete garbage, you know, especially when you're like lower ranking. But whenever you go off for like a school or something, they'll treat you kind of like a rock star. But it's hit or miss because there are some onesies and twosies that, you know, they hate you just because you you did more or or maybe they think you got an ego or. Or they met a couple of days of tambourines that were not ego. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Like some, there's some validity to that. Like it, there are some guys who are going out there and acting a fool. So uh, don't. Yeah, don't give. It's gonna be tough, but don't go out there and give the your unit a bad rep. You know, um, yeah. be humble with your accomplishments. Because in the flip side, just because some dude is from a conventional unit doesn't it uh, doesn't really that dude could have been through a lot and could have the capabilities of like beyond some special operators, you know, like his, you got to remember people have different experiences and, and different kids too, different priorities. Exactly. Exactly. Like just cause they didn't have the same title doesn't mean that they're not skilled and not capable. So just treat everybody with respect. That's what I would say. Um, but yeah, it is cool. It is cool having the title and, you know, going out. I mean, cause you work, we talked about this, you work your ass off for it. So, yeah. So it's nice to get a little pay, especially like when you're a private, like you work real hard and you're really good at your job in comparison to a lot of people in the military, but like they don't, the other rangers don't care because like you're still like you're not as good as them and you're a pre- so it is nice sometimes when you went somewhere as like an e3 or e4 and and like people were like oh man that's awesome you're like this is awesome right okay that's what i thought they make me feel like i'm not awesome back there okay so <laughs> uh, yeah so it's a little nice to get that get that payoff um yeah and it is something you know it, it is something that you kind of get to carry with you forever you know, so it's absolutely worth the the effort. I know it probably seems like because I have this business that I just go around and wear a Ranger shirt and scream my scream the title out to everybody, but that's not the case at all. But you know, uh, for the people who do know about it, and you know, uh, they have a lot of people have respect for it, and it, and it does feel good to have accomplished those things. And again, the biggest thing that I took away was, you know, and I know James can relate is you prove it to yourself. And I think that's the biggest thing is if you prove it to yourself, that's what really matters. You don't have to prove it to everybody else. You know, that doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. When I first looked at the 82nd though, I had a, I, there was a, a captain there that like did not like me. Um, cause I came from Ranger Regiment. Like he just, he hated me. <laughs> he hated me so much. I have experienced that uh, too. Yeah. I've experienced that like, too. Dude. I was like, you don't even know me. I was like, you can hate me. That's fine. But hate me for a real reason. Like, I'll give you reasons to not like me. That's fine. Okay. But don't just hate well, goes, me before you know me. That goes back to the inverse side of what I was saying. Just because you've accomplished all these things, don't put me in a box. You yeah. know, like, uh, I, I can relate to a lot of people. I can be nice to a lot of people. I don't think I'm above a lot of people. But well, you're, don't. Yeah. Don't. Don't, don't listen to this guy. Uh, but, yeah. So, People put you in a box, you know, people tend to do that anyway with everything. But, um, yeah, don't don't stereotype like, you you know, it's a lot of people got to go through a lot to figure that one out. Um, Kelly says, any advice to calm nerves before shipping? Excited, but nervous. Um, yeah, naturally, uh, not necessarily. Um, at the physical demand, but more starting a new life and leaving all my friends because I just graduated high school. Uh, yeah, Kelly, that's a, that's a absolutely a valid feeling. And, and I won't lie to you, you're going to get there and there's probably going to be a night or two where you go, what did I just get myself into? Because you're going to be in a totally new environment. You're going to feel like all your freedoms got taken away all at once. But I promise you, it all gets better and it's all worth it in the end. So it's. I would say take it one day at a time. Don't let the big thing is how do you, how do you, 
I heard this saying the other day. I thought it was pretty good. How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time, right? If you look at legal. Yeah, don't, don't eat an elephant. I'm not advocating. Don't eating elephants. If <laughs> but if you were, hypothetically, to eat an elephant, right? Um, if you look at the whole thing, you'd be like, there's no way I'm going to eat that, right? One bite at a time, right? So, And I, say, I used to say this uh, even before that uh, weird analogy. I would say take it one day at a time, right? One step at a time. Because if you look at all the things that are ahead, ahead of you, it's going to get pretty daunting. <clears throat> But if you look at just what's in front of you, oh, I got to pass this PT test. I got to, you know, pass this and pass this. Then I'll get to the next phase. Then I'll pass basic training. You know, as you go through those steps, just take it one step at a time. Don't don't look at I got to do this, this and this and this and that's next. You know, you're going to be fine. You're going to go through it and it's all going to work out. Yeah. And that's a good point, too. But like you can also use some of that to kind of help fuel you like um Nick yeah, said true. he may is trying to make fun of me because I'm a Bills fan. But for example, Josh Allen, he's a quarterback of the Buffalo Bills. He throws up before every single game. He's been in the year in the league going on to his fifth year. He's played in the playoffs. He throws up before every game, regular season, playoffs, preseason, every game. Um, he just lets it fuel him. Like there, you're gonna have nerves about stuff all the time. Like jumping, for example, in an airborne. Like it's pretty nerve wracking every time you're exiting an aircraft with a parachute. Like it's a little nerve wracking, but you just got to, you can't let that hold you back. You kind of got to let it fuel you. Um, but it also helps keep you on your toes sometimes too. I know there was an older E seven who said the day that you aren't a little uncomfortable jumping out of an airplane is the day you should probably stop jumping on airplanes. Like you need to have that look at that little bit of a uh, little bit of butterflies to keep, it keeps your edge. Um, yeah. So you need to be alert that, you know, one day at a time, but yeah, you got to be, you got to be dialed in. So being nervous makes you make sure that you're aware that you are, um, you know, working towards something that you, you want. Um. Yeah. And there's a, there's like a, there's a polars, right. With anything. So there's, like you said, being not nervous at all. And those guys, those are probably guys who are going to make mistakes. There's having that. And then there's a respectful nerves there's that alertness you want to be somewhere in the middle you don't want to be over here and so anxious that you can't focus and you're doing goofy stuff like you don't want to be over on that side you know where you're just a nervous wreck like you want to be somewhere in the middle so um yeah it's easy just be the perfect amount of nervous each time and you'll be good the perfect amount just every time you got to be perfect hope that helps dude uh do do sergeants go to rasp one or rasp two uh rasp one um you, let's do one more on your side. I think we got to wrap it up. Oh, man. Okay. Uh, Josh, um, Nick says, should I get in better shape before purchasing the running program? I'm quite out of shape and overweight right now and haven't ran in a while. I've been no. losing weight by just dieting and lifting. So, uh, Josh, what I would recommend personally, uh, and then Daniel would give his answer as well, probably less correct than mine, but um, it does depend on how much you've been lifting uh, currently. Um, you don't have to wait to get the running program, but keep in mind that if you are not used to running and it's depending on how overweight you are, uh, you can cause some unnecessary stress on your joints and things like that. So I would recommend if you're going to get the running program, maybe switch some days in with uh, maybe some swimming, some low impact cardio, uh, just to avoid injury while you kind of work yourself into running. Um, just because a lot of people will start running, um, especially, you know, overweight people, because it's a lot of weight that's getting kind of jammed down on all their joints and stuff like that. So mixing in some low impact cardio with impact cardio would be my recommendation. And you definitely don't have to wait to get the program. Um, and you can also supplement in uh, swimming for any of those days that you're going to be running um, for a low impact cardio in the program. What, I, what I'll say is, uh, that's good advice. And what I'll say is, I write this in the running program that I always recommend some sort of resistance training lifting with your running so that you're building your body up to be more durable as well. But in the running program, we start from a very beginner level and it works up to a very advanced level. So, you know, that month one is going to be more low impact stuff. It talks about bike, uh, being on the bike or um, elliptical or something. Um, and then it slowly starts integrating those impact cardio days. So that is accounted for. And the first phase, so the running program runs in phases. Not There's no set time links. There's kind of like an estimate of how much you'll spend at each time. 
but it's more of a goal oriented program. So at this phase, you meet this goal and then you progress and progress and progress. But what I would recommend if you are overweight and you're looking to get the running program, consider getting the newcomer to athlete program. It's a really good entry level program, if you, especially if you got gym access, but there's also body weight options there as well. Um, and mix that in with your running as well. So, yeah, he did say he's been dieting and lifting uh, to lose weight so far. So, that's oh, good. Too. Yes, it'll help. Kind of jumping in completely fresh. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, pretty good life. We had a good turnout. Uh, yeah, thanks everybody for tuning in. Uh, you got uh, anything else for these guys? Yeah, just so you guys are aware, we are doing Wednesdays now because of Daniel's school schedule. So, Going forward, it's going to be Wednesday nights for the foreseeable future. Yep. So uh, we'll plan on Wednesday and and uh, seven thirty still. So you guys are on the new schedule. Surprise, dude! Uh, and uh, thanks for tuning in. Anyway, great showing for um, kind of being unannounced. So um, you guys are awesome. Thank you as always. Um, be sure to check out trainlikearanger dot com. We have workout programs, nutrition programs merchant apparel and as always much more on the agenda uh thank you guys for tuning in and remember to train to your utmost potential like a ranger have a good rest of your week guys see you guys